Hey yo, welcome to Kiki's Corner, where biblical principles meet culture. Um, so um, to pivot the conversation, um, Nair, you uh, on Facebook you made a post, um, and you posted an article posted by Christine um, Rosa entitled "America Isn't Changing, So We Must: Why Latinos Are Crucial to the Black Lives Matter Movement." Um, and you 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 posted that article with a longer post, um, and I would advise everyone to go check it out. Um, I'll put the link in uh, the bio um, <laughs> uh, because it was it was impactful. It was it was powerful. Um, how did you feel after posting that powerful post, Nair? You know, you 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 have so many different emotions that kind of go through it, you know, especially when you're posting like political stuff or things that are like a hot topic at the moment. Um, you I, I literally felt both relieved and like nervous. Mm. Oh, the backlash, you know, like at the same time, I was like, oh no, did I did I do it again? Did I did I post something that's like so touchy that um, everybody's going to come down on me and start, you know, trolling me with negative comments or, or, or am I just posting something that's going to finally get somebody to start talking about this and maybe start considering truths outside of what they consider to be truths, you know? So especially in, in my situation, because my, my entire you know, network of people is all Latinos, you know? I mean, like, right, right. That's, that's, that's what I've known. I, I went to a, a Latino church um, and a lot of my relationships stemmed from that church. And I, I've held very close relationships with a lot of people from there. So it, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where I knew that a good, maybe like 80% of mm-hmm. the people who would see that post are Latinos and they're probably, you know, maybe not going to respond the same way. Um, so yeah, it, it, I had, I had my concerns. Yeah. And, and, and that took courage. My, um, I think that's something I posted under the post after I saw it. I said, wow, this was amazing. It took a lot of courage and it, it took a step out. You know, it took you swimming upstream while everyone's swimming down. And that is, um, that's a force, right? But it's like, okay, wait, why is she swimming upstream when we're all swimming down? And of course, I'm using metaphor, but that took courage. So I want to um, just commend you for doing that because you didn't have to. You could have stayed silent. Um, why didn't you stay silent? I know you kind of answered it, but why, why didn't you stay silent about it? Something's got to change. And, you know, you know, I think the biggest thing is that people don't realize this is that Latinos are actually the biggest minority in the United States. We, we passed the black, black community probably maybe like 10 years ago, according to like the United States census. I can't remember exactly when it happened. But I know black population is 13%. That's 40 million to 410 million. So that's what I do know. But I, you, you are correct. Yes, I was just saying the black population, what um, we stood at. Yeah. So, you know, we, there's a, Latinos have a lot of power that they don't really understand like we don't understand the power that we have mm-hmm. we literally are in the middle of two worlds we are right in the middle and as 
a transracial adopted family, Matt and I feel this a lot more than other people, you know, because right. we interact a lot with, with, um, the adoptive community, which is very white. And obviously for our kids, talk about it, talk about it. <laughs> sorry. Got to talk about it. Actually, I'm not sorry. Say, say it, say it, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, we also interact a lot with the black community because that's what our kids need. Like we need to be listening to black people and their experiences. And we need to understand some of the things that our kids are probably going to have to go through to help them navigate some of those experiences. So we see that that dichotomy in extreme ways more than other people, you know, like the, the whole middle, you know, of it, white right. black, like we're literally right in the middle of it and it, it has never been more prevalent now. So I think that Latinos just need to stop being so silent about the fight, basically. Like they, they need to stand up and raise up because honestly, brown lives are not going to matter until black lives matter. Like that's Talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, it's just, we're always going to face those hidden. We're tied together in more ways. Yes, than you think. Absolutely. Like we face racism too. Of course. It's different though. It's very mm-hmm. different and it's not nearly at the same kind of level. Right. We want to be free. Then then we got to stand up for the black community because if, if the black community is never free, we're never going to really experience mm-hmm. that either. It's almost like the darker your skin is, the worse it is really. You get treated. Right. Okay. You know? Okay. We right. So you're talking about equality. Cool, cool. Exactly. Right. So exactly. if you want to, if you want to feel equality or even equity or God, hope, uh, liberation, um, yeah. <laughs> freedom, um, you know, nobody's free until black lives are free because it's like, yeah. if we get free, guess what? Everyone else gets pushed up. Yeah. So, um, everyone else gets pushed up and not, not just for everyone else to be pushed up, but for, for the founding documents, um, in America to actually mean something, you know, liberty, justice, equality for all, um, um, not just, you know, uh, some of the power being held in, in, in some of the areas. So, and so, yeah, and so mo- moving uh, forward to uh, you know just to, just talking a little bit about your post, which is powerful, and I feel like you should publish it. In my opinion, um, you said this. You said um, under the post, um, so many in the Latino community choose to not uh, protest, uh, to not you know fight for equality or not educate themselves on these matters out of fear of becoming one of them. It's so comfortable to not stand and fight for equality. It is so comfortable to blend in with the white community and code switch to sound more gringo so we aren't outed as a person of color. Can you talk more about that? I mean, you kind of just did, but get, dive a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. So in, in order to really understand this, you kind of have to understand a little bit of the history behind Latin America. And I could probably speak to more, obviously, of the Puerto Rican Right aspect of things. That's where I'm from, Puerto Rico. Right. You know, mm-hmm. obviously the different countries have had their different histories, but specifically mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico in the 40s and the 50s, a lot of people started migrating from the island um, directly to like New York. That's why like there's so many New Yorkans, <laughs> Chicago, yeah, yeah. like some of the big cities. Okay, mm-hmm. 
Um, if you've ever seen the West Side Story, you know how that went. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. not easy. It was something that it was like an ongoing, very serious battle between the whites and, and the Latinos. Like it was in your face, racism, a lot heavier than it is right now. So what our people did, literally what Puerto Ricans did is that we fought to have um, race, the actual Latino race, pulled off of the census. So wow. Yes. You could only choose, are you white or are you black? That's why in a lot of forms, you only have white or black as an option. But if you identify as a Latino, well, you can put that under ethnicity or other or race or other or something like that. Yes. Oh, snap. Okay. Okay. Fought to have it have Latino removed and taken off of those forms because so many of us have European backgrounds. If you saw my husband right now, you would know he's very fair skinned with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. I am a shade darker with brown eyes. Mm-hmm. If I blow dry my hair, people don't know. They look at me and they're like, um, she might be Middle Eastern. Well, I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. where she's from. Like she could be Italian. We don't know. Same thing with him. Like we we could blend in very easily. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. our our grandparents' generation basically made it so that it would be harder on paper to people to to deny us different things like jobs and stuff like that. Because if I put on a paper, I am Caucasian which literally means my skin is fair and white. If I am Caucasian and I show up at your door and you are seeing someone that's maybe a little bit darker than Caucasian, but you still, at least you're not black. You're not all the way black. Then you more opportunities than, you know, it's somebody who obviously is from the black community. So, We literally fought for that and and it worked. So then what happened was since the 40s and 50s, we have had this struggle as a Latino community to get as white as possible. Okay, like assimilation. Yes, you better Mm -hmm. learn. You better don't don't talk with that Spanish accent. You better fix that accent. Okay, you Mm -hmm. better. Um don't speak Spanish in front of, you know, a crowd of white people. It's going to make them nervous. Okay. They're, you're going to be outed. You know, there, there was this, um, this push to just assimilate, assimilate, and it, and it's worked. And it, mm-hmm. there's data that proves it. If you see the wage gap in America, you're going to see the darker you are, the less money you make. It's, it's just one of those things where we're, we can do it because we literally have European blood and we literally can blend in. You know, I'm probably like a a very middle range uh, Puerto Rican. Like you can tell that I'm not white, but my husband, you can't tell that at all. And I I told him from day one, I was like, you got to play that man. You got to jump into like leadership roles. You're a man and you're super light skinned with blue eyes. You're going to do fantastic. Was I wrong, babe? I wasn't wrong. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so we see. But, you know, so we see the Latino community has literally pushed themselves away from the Black community 
for survival, you know, for self preservation. Mm. Like it's been like one of these like y'all on your own kind of situations. We we have our own problems. You you guys need to just go stay over there away from us because you're making it worse for us. You see what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. And that's not right. <laughs> so disheartening. It's so uh just like, oh, you don't even know me. You yeah. don't even know what God has put inside of me. You don't even know yeah. that I'm made in the image of the creator. You don't even know my history. And even if you did, it's like, it's like, what would you do for your sake? So you could be saved and not all. And so it's like, where does the power lie and who has it and who doesn't? So it's a clear under, it's a wait. It's a clear knowledge. It's a clear understanding of this is the power I hold. I'm going to use it and ride it until the wolves fall off. And whoever gets hurt in the middle of the way, that's not my problem. And it's just like, Ooh, how can you say you love me? And then how could you even call yourself a Christian? Woo! So that's just the whole podcast. Um, <laughs> but um, no, thank you for acknowledging that. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for uh, explaining that to us and giving us that history. I think that's super critical and crucial to understanding the relationship now between um, the Latino community and the white community and the black community. Um and so thank you for that. And then I'm going to just go, I'm just going to read some more from the post. You said, uh, we only recognize our Spaniard roots as we flaunt our Spanish last names as a badge of honor. So that, so as to say, I belong to Europe, the colonizers. Um, we move our bodies to the African beats and feel connected to our lands where our native families came from. But it's our European skin that we hide behind it. And that keeps us from feeling the same level of racism as those who simply have more melanin in their skin. Um, here you were acknowledging history and the current reality. Can you dive deeper into that? Yeah, and this one is specific also more to the, the, the Puerto Rican culture. Yes. So Puerto Rico itself is made of um, three three cultures, and this is just, just facts, right? So you've got the Taino Indians mm-hmm. who were native to the island itself, and a, a mm-hmm. lot of the Caribbean was actually made up like this. So you had... The Taino Indians who loved and embraced the land, obviously lived off of it, flourished off of it. And then you had the uh, the Spaniards who came in and started spreading their diseases, started taking over, claiming what they thought was theirs. Give them a history class. Come on. Yes. And then, um, you know, obviously with that came the African slaves. You know, so African slaves actually ended up flourishing in Puerto Rico um, for a lot of different reasons, but one of the, the, the biggest ones was that they could live off of the land. They're used to it, okay? So the African culture is like a backbone to the Puerto Rican culture. Like, we are not Tainos. We you are have not- no idea how good it feels for me to hear you say that and how I've heard so many... Um, people who are Latino um, just like reject their just African roots. And I'm like, no, if you want it, it's literally the backbone, it's literally the backbone. And I, I promise you, if you listen to salsa, what is the, 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 the biggest instruments you're going to hear is going to be those drums. It's going to be the beating of those congas. If you mm. Any of any of those the music that is specific to Puerto Rico and Latin America was based off of the beats of the African drums. That is just no denying it. It is literally the backbone of our culture. I mean, they, it, it was the Dainos were killed off fast. 
The ones who mm-hmm. flourished were the Africans. They're mm-hmm. the ones who were able to to live off of the land and were able to you know, be strong enough to survive, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's why you, there was such a mix, you know. And then the Spaniards came in and let me tell you a story of my family. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. This is the way that, that the story was told to me, okay, when I was a young girl. And this my my maiden name is French, okay? Mm-hmm. The story to me was that there was a, a French man who came to the island who fell in love with a Taina Indian, and um, they fell in love with each other and loved each other so much that he didn't leave, and he ended up staying and raising a family. And I'm over here thinking, like, hold up. So you're telling me someone who literally spoke two different languages fell in love somehow and made it work? No. Here's what really happened. The man was a slave owner. He probably owned my great-great-great-great-grandmother, and he mm-hmm. probably raped her, and he he made a family of children <laughs> with this man. Like, don't, don't sugarcoat it because you want to make it pretty, you know? Right. Like, it's, it's not a pretty background it's not a pretty history right it's violent and yeah 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 nice and that's that's what really happens like there's there's no way that you're telling me the two people who literally spoke two different languages came fell in love and lived happily ever after come on it's hard enough to do that when you speak the same language let alone two different languages you know wow Wow. what happened what happened was rape and that is how the Spaniards, the French, you know, all of these um, European countries came and took over the, the island is they raped our women, they raped our lands, and mm. used the, the Africans to literally create and, and take advantage of the, the, the nurture that the land would give, you know, to the crops and make right. people rich. So, mm. so it's one of those things where like you, you kind of have to understand the 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 history of it all but the problem is that here what we inherited from these Europeans were these light skin and fair eyes and <laughs> right. you know, we've been able to dilute um our genes enough to have to be able to, to to straighten out our curls just a little bit more you know we've been able to um there's a term that says no no daña la raza don't mess up the race so don't get Ooh. someone who is darker than you because you're gonna mess it up make it better so try and this is true like in dominican republic like this, this is true in america too Tom, thomas jefferson all the founding fathers they wrote things about how you know the white race and the european race are pure race and even you know nazi germany i mean it, we yeah. see it even 2020 yeah. america yeah. Uh, united states of america we see it right now white supremacy yeah so it was like that so it was it was one of those things where colorism is still alive today and it was obviously so as Puerto Rico flourished and it became what it is today. And what we held on to was our Spanish language from the Spaniards, our um, fair complexions, our light eyes. And we also 
for some reason, embraced our African music and our ways of the, the land from the Tainos. So it's it's ridiculous to me that Puerto Ricans would walk around saying, oh, I'm, I'm from Spain. I want to go back to the mother country. You better get a one-way ticket back to Africa or or go just go back to Puerto Rico because you don't really know where you're from. Like you better go get yourself a DNA test. You don't know what your motherland is. Right. How do you know you're purebred Spaniard. Let me just tell you that's probably not the truth. They came to rape. They came to take. Yeah. <laughs> and destroy. <laughs> Literally. Like that that is that is why we have and this 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 insanity of I have a Spanish last name because someone loved my ancestors is wrong. We have Spanish last names because the Spanish last name is how they knew which slave owned to who. Okay. You're a Rodriguez because you were owned by the Rodriguez's, not because your great, 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 great grandfather was this wonderful Rodriguez who come and sow the seeds all over. He just loved everybody. No, he was a slave owner and everybody knew that you were a Rodriguez because you were owned by Mr. Rodriguez. It goes true with the Rivera's. It goes true with all of these big um popular latino name you see you see how we're tied to each other because that's same thing happened in america united states of america johnson smith all these plantation owners and the last names and and why do you think even malcolm when malcolm x he said you know the x is because i don't know my last name (laughs) and so um we don't really have the history because of um rape and because of um just um just the 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 monstrosities and, and just how horrific um things were done to our ancestors and so see how we're so tied to each other and yet we and yet division and so that's that's beautiful and so thank you for explaining that and i'm going to read the last little bit from your post you said uh you said this um this was a bomb drop and everyone go read the post and and take some time to really go through it and 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 listen and uh, analyze it and let it sit with you um it says as many of you know i'm a puerto rican latina who adopted three black siblings all of my life i question how puerto rican i am all of my life i tried my hardest to blend in with the safest group of people the whites i speak perfect english and i know that if i straighten my hair it makes white people feel less threatened by me i learned that i could use my lighter skin as a camouflage to blend in with the safe group i have whitewashed myself out of safety out of safety for myself and so i could be more and so i could be more successful in life Ooh. <laughs> that speaks to just America and the systemic racism that we've been under. That speaks to the way that we've all been programmed. That speaks to the division. That speaks to um, your honesty, your vulnerability. Um, and that was just a bomb drop of like, wow, you know how much courage it takes to one post the article to, um, you know, um, and I'm not patronizing you. I'm just saying it takes courage to do this. Um um, to come out, you know, regardless of what my family says, regardless of what my friends say, I got to take a stand. And we need more people to take a stand, but not just to take a stand, but actually commit themselves and their lives to the work of racial reconciliation and dismantling systems that oppress people who are made in the image of God. I agree. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's one of those things that is just truth. 
It's just true. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it's the bare truth. And I think my kids are the reason why the truth is so obvious to me now, and maybe not so much back then, before yeah. them, but now it, it's like blinding in my face. You know, I, um, I grew up here in Florida. I came to the United States or the mainland United States, I should say, from Puerto Rico when I was just seven years old. Yes. So at seven, you're still a very young kid. Um, so like whenever I would see my cousins that are living in Puerto Rico or whenever I would just encounter other Puerto Ricans that are like, what we call fresh off the boat, you know, like they just got here mm-hmm, mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. English, you know, yeah. um, I look at them and I, I want to embrace them. I'm like, Oh man, family. I love you guys. You know, like, come over here. Let's talk. Like, that's just how Puerto Ricans are. Right. But I've always felt a sense of rejection from them because I'm not Puerto Rican enough. Hmm. not Puerto Rican enough. My Spanish is not well enough, you know, and it's because I've had to take these strides, these, um, I've had to consciously and unconsciously try to blend in with my surroundings as best as possible. And I think about what my kids are going to have to do for the same thing. My kids are black being raised by Latinos in a very you know white society yes but that's ever changing though by 2050 uh white people will be the minority so there is a there is hope i would say i hope that they will live to see that day and i i as well amen you know so i i I have to consciously think about how i feel being um othered you know, and, and I, I consciously want to make life more comfortable for them at every waking turn. You know, like my husband and I um, have have considered, you know, like when we go back to Orlando, joining a black church. Um, is that comfortable for him and I? Probably mm. not because we're going to stick out like sore thumbs, you know, but right, right. is it the best thing for the kids? Probably I don't want them to feel othered. I don't want them to feel like they need to um, code switch or they need to straighten their hair out and try to make white people more comfortable. Right. They need to be all who they're called to be. Exactly. That's not the truth, you know? So, and and, yeah, no, so that, that's beautiful. And wow. Yeah, no, I'm listening. Go, I'm listening. No, yeah, I mean that, that that's just what I was gonna say. It's it's um it's an ever evolving situation where where we have to recognize our journey and um in a way almost honor it and say I've grown from this and I want better for my kids. And uh, until the Latino community has some kind of a realization like this, you know, like it took us adopting three black kids to really wake up. I don't know what else is going to happen to really wake up the Latino community to say, we need to stand and fight. We need to say, this is not okay. And and we have power to do it. Stop standing on the sidelines. You know, it's, it's, um, I don't know what else I can say. I have no choice mm-hmm. now but to be bold and to speak out and share. 
Amen. And and uh, Matt, we 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 hear you back there. We know you were so patient and kind. Um, I I um, I'm getting to the the last three questions. Um, but I I, I want to say I think uh, to Nair's point, um, you know, you 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 both adopted three beautiful black children, and it, it took that for you know you guys like you said. I'm repeating your words to wake up to this problem. Um, and I think a lot of people see it, but you know they don't experience it uh, because they're they've been able to assimilate so much but um you know i think showing the latino community and saying hey your future and legacy is tied to our future and legacy and you know because people don't they always want to know what's in it for me right unfortunately everybody do um and so i'll just blanket that blanket that statement so it's like no, no 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 this should matter to you because it's tied to you if they come for me, they coming for you. They coming for you. They coming for the next person. They come. They come for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, no, we are tied to each other, and there needs to be no division. But there needs to be advocacy on both sides. You know. And so that that's the the beautiful part about that. But you know, what are what are uh you know con- what are the conversations like with your family and your extended family, and how do you identify forms of racism within your immediate circle? And then the third question for that, uh, to add to that is how do you advocate for your children in those circumstances? So I think um, uh, Nair can speak to it a little bit more. When it, you know, when this started going down, I'm not one to uh, post much on, on social media because I feel mm-hmm. like it, it's a, to me, it's a lost cause to try to argue with people on there because it's just, it's not worth it. If you're going to say something, like talk to them face to face. But, um, right. so, you know, I, I feel like, you know, me doing this this podcast was a big piece for me. This was my this was my my biggest point of saying, you know, to, to do something in the movement. It's you know, I'm, I want to talk about how how this whole process has has like I kept saying has, has really opened my eyes to what the black community is going through. Um, you know, right. my, I I have to open my eyes now to what my kids are going to deal with out there. You know, a lot of times people in our circles that, you know, to be honest, I've cut out a lot of people. Mm. Um, You know, I I might still be friends with them, but I've unfollowed a lot of people because I just don't want to read it anymore or see it. It, Right. It's not worth it saying anything. But, um, you know, a lot of times we will hear the statement, especially like when when we first adopted the kids is, um, you know, they're not going to they're not going to deal with anything because the way you raise them at home. Um, Whoa. You know, we just we just had something like this happen with Nair's friends, where this was a statement made was you know because of the love they have at home and how you raise them, nothing's gonna happen, and it's like not true. What I do at home, respectability it, politics don't exist for black people. Yeah, but, but the you thing can is, go to every single college, you can get twelve PhDs, and they'll still shoot you in the street like a mod Abbott. Exactly. It doesn't matter what I think of my kids; I can love them to death, but it's not you know that's not the same feeling that the guy sitting across the desk for the job is trying to get, you know, they're, they're interviewed for a job. They're going to see a black guy, you know, a black man or, or, or a black woman. And that's the first thing you're going to think. And no, no matter how much I love them or teach them at home, if that person doesn't want to hire them because they're, because of their race, because of their color. Right. What, what did I do? You know, you know what I mean? Like what, what, what does how I raise them have to do with it? And so, you know, it's statements like that where you're like, it's fine and dandy. Yeah, I love them. I'm going to teach them as much as I can. I'm going to teach them how to come home safe because I love them. But yes. Honestly, they're going to they're gonna face it. And, you know, this person, again, didn't understand the fact of 
we, we, we told him, like, are you, are, you, are you afraid or you think this could really happen to every black person talking about shootings and everything? Yes. And we told him straight up, yes. <laughs> We've seen it how many times now? Like, how can you say that it's not going to happen? Just because I love my kids at home? That's not, you know. That logic don't even. It doesn't make any sense. My, my love, yes. It, it's, not a, it's not a bulletproof vest that they can wear 24-7. That's going to put bullets magically. You know, about it. So, you know, I, I, I've, I've uh, unfollowed a lot of people and our social, social circle has dipped dramatically <laughs> from, you know, before this happened. And right. to be honest, I'm, I, I don't, I'm fine with that because unfortunately you can go out there and try to educate as many people as you want, but if somebody makes a choice to be stupid, they're going to stay stupid. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Um, so it's we just keep moving on to other people that will listen and that will join the fight with us. And that's, you know, if I can, you know, if somebody hears this tonight and is feeling the same way, do, do what you got to do, you know, talk to your friends, talk to other people. Right. Um, you know, th- th- this was my, uh, you know, this was my post. It's not as dramatic. I mean, as awesome as, as my ears, but this is my post for the movement right now is doing this podcast because, you know, we we have to sit down and talk to people. We have to have a conversation, and that's going to be right. the thing is to wake people up. I'm I'm not trying to how can I say? I, I'll try my best to change people's mind. I don't I don't want to argue to change somebody's mind. I just want to educate them and leave it for them and say, listen, just think about it. Just think about it, and and, and really open your eyes somehow, and you know, leave it at that. It's you know. Social media is one of the worst things that's ever been created. It, 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 I love it for like looking at silly videos or seeing my, my family, my, you know, some friends in New York. Right. And that I cannot handle the, the, when people get into arguments on there going post to post, because, you know, half the time, some of those people they're, they're just baiting because that's what they do. But right. In the same aspect, it's not a true conversation. You know, you got right. quote. If you really want to be educated, if you really want to learn, you're going to DM me. You're not going to yeah, put it exactly. out in the public. Exactly. You're going to DM me. You're going to say, hey, I don't understand. Send me resources, books, videos, something else so that I can be a better what neighbor, better what human being, better what ally and supporter of the black community. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny too, Kiki, that you say that um, I've actually tried to take a lot of the conversations on the DMs and and try to give people like resources and try to explain things to them. Right. People don't want to listen, and the 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 biggest problem that that I've personally had in my circle is that a lot of my friends are Christian, and mm. the Christian community is somehow bound to the Republican party. Oh man. That's another. Oh, oh. I'm going to step on some landmines here. Here we go. Are you ready for this? Okay. The Republican party is so anti black lives matter. So anti justice. So anti anything having to do with without their money. Yes. Like it's, it's, it's really crazy. One, what are your prayers like? And then two, what are some biblical principles for transracial and interracial adoption? Every morning I, uh, you know, I have, I have a, um, about an hour and a half drive to work. And most of that, that first part of the morning is praying in the car. And 
now it, when I pray, you know, God keep my baby safe, it's got a totally different meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, now it, it's a matter of thinking about Keeson and making sure that he comes home safe because, you know, he can look at somebody the wrong way, look at another child the wrong way. Yeah. And, and you know, he can end up, people are crazy these days. You know, they're calling cops on six, seven year old kids at schools and, and doing it. Right. Talk about it. And it's yeah. like, when, when, did that, when, when did that become okay? When, when did that become okay? Just because, you know, a six year old, can you imagine a six year old is not listening too much or, or is, uh, at all. you know, doing, acting a little crazy. Hey, that's their age. You did the same thing when you were that old. So why are you calling the cops? And it's only on black children because I've never seen on the news any of the uh, uh, white children getting called the cops on. So, you know, these are real prayers now. And it's a totally different, totally different world. And it's just a matter of, you know, and, and I'll be honest, sometimes I'm like, and Lord, help him to make the right decisions and the good choices because of the same thing. You know, it's like that conversation I got to have with him. We, we, we talk to him sometimes about, you know, even now, if a policeman asks you to do anything, make sure that you listen to him. Handle the you know, dashboard. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. I mean, look at the eye. Call mom and dad right away. We will come down and we will take care of you. That's our jobs. But it, that that's where our prayers are at. And, and, and it makes me upset that I have to pray that way. It shouldn't be that way. I, I, you know, for me to pray for my kid to be safe should just be like, I pray he doesn't get hit too hard in the head with a dodgeball and get hurt. Oh, man. He's going to get shot, you know? Right. That's right. Not where, where my prayer should be, but. Like, we don't need another hashtag. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, another, another name on the list. I don't want my kid's name to be on that list. So, that's my prayer. Naya? Emotional intelligence. <laughs> for Mm. kids as they grow up is probably like the biggest thing emotional intelligence for us as parents yes yes to know how to like respond to situations um you know protection but like on a godly level (laughs) yes where, where, where you're literally asking god to like just be with them at all times and be with us as a family at all times. You know, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable sometimes being out in public because people stare at us a lot. Like we stick out like a sore thumb, right? You know, it's, I can't, I can't imagine like the stuff that they could possibly go through when we're not around, you know, talk about it. It's you're you're speaking truth to power right now. Keep going. (laughs) I just want them to be safe. Like I want them to know how to handle themselves. I I want our kids to really be able to have like that wisdom to, to know how to overcome stuff, even when it's so hard, you know, as, as a human being, you know, you're faced with stuff all the time where you just, you want to tell somebody off so bad or you (laughs) fruit of the spirit follow me. Like, like you, you really want to tell somebody like, the truth about themselves at that moment, you know, but it takes so much more to hold back and bite your tongue and stay safe and right. it's comfortable. Like I wish it didn't have to be that way, but staying safe is the priority. Survive the day. That's the right. priority. Right. You know, like 
Come home. Exactly. Come home. Walk in that front door. <laughs> yeah, that's the priority. Let that security alarm go off. Let me let me just hear it so I could so I know you inside. You know, I feel your presence and and hey mom, hey dad. Um, before before we go into biblical principles, um, you know, uh, let's say Keeson and uh, Maya and um, uh, I always Kira, not Kira, Kira. Yes, Kira. I, mm-hmm. I always. I'm sorry, Keisha, Maya, and Kira. Um, they listen to this. What do you guys want them to know? <laughs> Wow. Um, That's a great question. If they were to listen to this, I think I want them to know that, you know, we're doing this again for their protection and for them to grow up to be the amazing, um, you know, one of the prayers we do now for the kids when they go to sleep is, uh, you know, for the amazing warriors that you're going to be for Christ. And not even that, just to be the amazing, um, men and women that I could see. I mean, my kids, and I, I'm I'm being a little biased, and that's okay because I'm daddy, but my yeah. kids are amazingly <laughs> smart kids, and I just see them being so successful. I mean, the way they think now, you, it, it's amazing sometimes. Kira, she's only four years old, but some of the, sometimes, you know, she might act a little, she might act up a little bit, but the thought process sometimes in that acting up, I'm like, man, this kid is good. But, yeah. uh, Yes. You know, it, that that right now, I just want them to know that, you know, when we when we're talking about this, it, it's about helping them to be the amazing people that they're gonna be that I see God has in our lives and or for their lives I should say. But um, you know, we're doing this to try to make it easier for them when they get older. So when they have kids, maybe that that conversation doesn't have have to happen as much. And maybe they don't have to see as many names on the list, you know, I want to, mm. work but, you know, that's where we're at. We're trying to fix this problem. It's been going on for years. And I think, Hundreds. yeah, this gen, this generation is going to be the generation that, to, to hopefully turn that, turn that around. And, yeah. and you know, we, there's, it, it, it took a little, you know, I, I hate the fact that it took this, but, there was a great awakening, and and I just hope it continues in the church too. Yeah, a lot of, um, the uh, church needs a rebuke right now too, and they're getting one hot. And we at home, you have to do what you need to do. Yeah. If you don't, God is coming back in the church first, and woo, you you don't have any excuse now. You have no, to be no. on social media. I, I I've been listening a lot lately to uh, John Gray. I mean, just hit him alone in the movement as well. You know, hearing some stories that happened to him and. Yeah. To see me having these different conversations with these other pastors and hearing, you know, a lot of pastors that might have a bad name just because it might be a mega church pastor, but you know, what they're doing for the movement, how they reached out to, to him just to check on him during this time, again, showing the empathy, showing them that your life matters to me. Right. So, um, you know, hearing, hearing him starting to conduct those conversations, just bring it more to light is amazing and it's the same thing for my kids like hearing this it's the same thing i just want to bring this to light have this generation be the one to change it out and, and you know we got to keep it going forward and right. not let it stop at, at, a, at a nice frame on facebook come on preacher so and and nair well what do you want your three beautiful black children to hear when, when they hear this down the road or 10 years from now five years from now what do you what do you want to say to them we know we haven't been perfect parents, but we see you. 
we see you. We see we see everything that is you. Like we see your blackness. We see your beauty. We see mm. you know the 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 queens and the king that 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 they will be. Like we we see them. You know they're they're not just um, you know people without color. They're we're gonna celebrate them. We're gonna celebrate everything about them you know, their amazingness. And that's, that's something that I really want them to understand is that we, we see them like we, we get it <laughs> took a long time, but yeah, we get it. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, my last question, just the theme of the show where biblical principles meet culture. Um, what are some biblical principles for transracial and interracial adoption for you both? My wife, my wife uh, said it best at one point, but it's, you know, with trans, especially with transracial adoption, it's really about putting their lives in front of ours. Um, mm. you know, this whole thing right now, just to, just having this conversation and, and trying to bring it to light, showing that, you know, I, I, I care more for their life more than mine, to be honest. You know, that, that might mm-hmm. be a bad thing, and a lot of dads will say that, but, I mean, especially for them. Yeah. Just, you know, they got to go through extra, and, and and it's terrible that they have to, but this is this is for real. Um, and, and it's an ugly truth that's out there, but, um, you know, we just have to show them that to, to – to make that sacrifice, you know, sometimes you gotta do it just like, you know, Jesus did for, for everybody in this world. Right. You know, sometimes you're going to have to lay down your life and sometimes I'll be to lay down your social life, you know, <laughs> you know, oh, snap. Just, uh, I gotta write that down. Okay. <laughs> you, okay. Both you and I are dropping bombs. I might keep the whole thing and just edit. I might put it out tonight. I got the picture already. <laughs> Y'all plan continue. <laughs> Lay down your social life. Oh, I'm taking that. I'm taking it. It's mine. Okay. I'm sorry. It's right. I'll make it a t-shirt for you. It'll be all right. Yo. Yo. <laughs> you know, it's like you're gonna have to again. Like I said earlier, um, you know, I love Facebook for the for the corny videos I watch and like you know different. My wife will attest to this. Like the street. Uh, food vendor videos that I watch from all over the world, but <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just terrible. The other piece of it, where somebody will read just the title of a of a article, not read the article, and then try to do a, a whole uh, argument on it. Meanwhile, you know, that's not that's not a real conversation. It's not a meme. It's not a hashtag. Like, you got to talk to somebody face to face, and so, yeah. um, you know, it, that that's what that's why I think. If you want to elaborate on it, baby, I mean. Yeah, I think the biggest uh, biblical principle, you know, would be like putting putting others before yourself. That's probably like the biggest one. Like you got to put them, like Matt said, you got to put them before you. We 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 moved from the Orlando area over to the Tampa area because Matt landed a job, right? And we moved to um, to a community that was literally flying Confederate flags like on street corners and in local parades and was very close to an elderly retirement community mm-hmm. of like nothing but older, older white people. 
Right. And um, I felt very uncomfortable. We didn't know this when we moved there because we were new to the area. Like we didn't really see this stuff like when we were checking it out. And the subdivision that we were at was actually very diverse. Yeah. So within the walls, it was great. But the minute <laughs> you went outside the walls, it was a totally, totally different, different story. Yeah, it was a different world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We, were, we were at the house for maybe, it was maybe like nine months. And I turned and looked at him and I, I was like, we, we got to move. Like, we can't live here. This is not okay. Like, I'm tired of getting stopped by old white people talking about how, oh, my, my daughter's best friend is black and your, your kids. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. I love these beads. They're so nice. How did you no. learn how to do their hair? No, no. <laughs> I'm like, stop touching you my know what? The thing for me that's crazy is that you can get a PhD in psychology, but you can't know people. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. You can go to school and learn all this education and be knowledgeable about everything else except the person sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's that part right there. It's like because and here's the reason why if you get to know the person next to you you find out the truth about yourself and your private life and the things that your ancestors have done and you find out the truth about what you're continuing to do and the benefits that you have right now that others don't have and so of course it's like let me be uh 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 hands and ears and and uh, I mean, fingers and ears and and eyes closed where i am but let me go learn about everything else because if i start learning about myself that's when the soul work comes in Ooh. and everybody don't like to lift up the carpet where all the dirt's been for so long mm-hmm. right right underneath them so true but yeah we we decided to move and you know it was not even like a year that we had been at this house this house was brand new we had it built it had a, a community pool that was two houses down the street um it was huge like ridiculous it it was beautiful um cute little neighborhood like it was just perfect but like matt said you stepped outside of that community and it it wasn't safe for our kids it just wasn't safe like i couldn't see our kids growing up um around confederate flags everywhere like that was just not okay right so uncomfortable is saying all right we're gonna actually take a hit and sell this house and buy one in a more diverse neighborhood you know uh, it's uncomfortable to say i need more racial mirrors in my kids life so i can't i can't just put them in any school i have to go out of my way to find the right school you know like the new neighborhood that we're moving into i literally the way that i found the house was what schools are the most diverse in that area? Right. Okay, these are the these are my two top contenders. What is their school district and what houses are for sale in that school district? Talk about it. And we did and we landed one in one of those school districts that's almost 25% black, you know, which is fantastic for the area that we're going to be moving into, you know. Right. So these are things that are not comfortable like I I am I I have to um limit myself to where we're going to go like you know we limit ourselves all the time but it's for the safety of our family it's for the betterment of our kids and and that that one principle that i keep going back to you got to put others before yourself you got to you got to take your, you know what i'm saying like you have to take your comfort level 
out of the picture and really become a real parent and actually do whatever is best for your kids, even if it means that you're the lightest person in the room, okay? Because <laughs> trust me, they see it, you know? When, when as soon as we moved, we were walking through a Walmart and this little girl comes bouncing around and clack, 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 clack. All you hear is her little beads. We heard her beads before we saw her. Yeah. My girl saw her, turned around and we're like, look, mommy, she has beads just like me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like my eyes tear up just thinking about that moment because you're like, wow, this is what it is. You know, they need yeah. to see themselves in their community. They need Representation to. Representation matters. Yes, absolutely. They need to know that they're not like this, um, you know, sideshow, you know, <laughs> as right. we felt among the older white community, you know, there were elderly people literally stopping us and, and looking at it. I mean, I'm over here walking alone because match working with three babies, basically, you know, and I'm trying to juggle three babies while yeah. this trying to touch my kids' hair. It's like, get away from me, you know? Right. Like, please don't make me fight in the middle of the day. Like, please. <laughs> This is not what I planned not on doing. Not in front of my kids. <laughs> You're like, listen, I'm I'm trying to heat up uh, TV dinners, and I just need <laughs> you to like sit down. So I'm sorry, exactly. I I'm I'm being I'm sorry. I, I just it's like it's like please do not make me fight you, sir, in the middle of the parking lot. Like I just cannot. Because I will. <laughs> exactly. Hello. <laughs> um, no, but but thank you for sharing that, and um, I think. I think that's wise. Um, yes. Um, thank you. Um, thank you both for coming on the show. Um, this story, your story matters and it's important. And I'm glad that I got to just even go through the journey with you all just a little bit. Um, I know I was away at college and, you know, graduated, well, graduating high school, then away at college. Now I'm in grad school. I know, you know, I've been kind of, uh, a little, a little far, but try to stay in touch. Like, watching you all be mentors to me and and spiritual just uh, mentors to me and um um encouragers to me like and, and watching you all raise these three beautiful black children um with humility and selflessness and um you know growth and understanding and trying to say like no 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 how like like I'm going to love you because you're mine and God is assigned and 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 giving you me and me to you and so um, thank you both for coming on the show. Any last words uh, before we pray? I guess just thank you for this opportunity. You know, it's um, we're we're not listened to as much as I'd hoped we would be. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a strange spot to be in. <laughs> I think I think it goes back to the fact that you know Spanish parents not really. You know, being in the black community, understanding, because, I mean, that was a lot of the questions, too, coming from people in the circle. was like, well, how can you say anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And they understand that, like, you know, my kids now have become an extension of me, so I feel their pain. Yeah. And right. I understand now the black community for hundreds of years, black parents feeling that same pain going through it. On day one. Uh, <laughs> you know, my, mine is on a different intensity level, obviously, but, you know, I, I can't even imagine um, you know, fathers dealing with that with their sons. And, you know, back in the day, even when the cops were worse, having to go down to the police station, trying to get them out, like, I, I can't even imagine, you know. I, that That's when some of that, that um, 
what do you call it? You know, how, how we were talking about whitewashing, you know, me, me showing up at the police station, I'm sure all of a sudden they'll be acting all kinds of different. Right. But then when they see who my son is, right. They, now they got to deal with Hopefully that never has to happen, but you know, right, just, right. It, it, you know, don't, don't just, you know, don't you see me just like you judge my son. Don't just judge me and think that, you know, I'm there for something different. That's my, right. you're, you're, you're hurting my family. So now you got to deal with me. So it, come it, on, it's, it's I, I feel that the empathy that everybody's talking about, you know, I, I just want to, if there are any Christians out there listening, which I'm sure there are, mm-hmm. but you know, really guys, it's okay to say black lives matter. Thank you all so much for listening to the two-part series, Transracial Adoption with the Soulless Family. One more time, thank you to Matt and Nair for coming on the show um, and just teaching and speaking um, so much wisdom and knowledge. We appreciate it. And, and thank you for telling um, the world your story because your story matters. Um, so I'm going to pray. And um, yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you, Lord, we just want to thank you for who you are. God, we are nothing without you and we cannot do anything without you. Uh, Lord, thank you for Matt and Nair. Uh, Thank you for their vulnerability. Thank you for their love. Thank you for their strength. Thank you for their wisdom. Thank you for who they are. Um, God, uh, bless them. Bless their family. Bless everything that they touch. Cover them. Keep them in the palm of your hand. Lord, thank you for um, just allowing them to be on the show and to talk about their story and their experience so that, you know, others are able to um, reap the benefits of their story and their testimony. So, um, Lord, we honor you. We love you. We can't do this without you. Keep us in your perfect will. And we just need you, God. So we're calling out to you as we go through the the trials of a pandemic and um, fight for justice. Be with us. Amen. If you like what you heard, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kiki's Corner Podcast. That's Kiki's Corner with an S podcast. Check out my website, kikifrancois.com for bookings, content, and past episodes from this show. I update the website weekly and I'm constantly on Instagram. Y'all should just call me the late night preacher. Um, If you would like to be featured on this show, please DM me on my Instagram or email me at kikiscornerpodcast at gmail.com. That is all that I have for y'all. Y'all have a beautiful week. Peace.